But that was the most humbling experience that I've ever had to receive because what that did to me is it helped me to build character, it helped me to build integrity, and it allowed me to create the building blocks that I need to create a multi-million dollar company. So this next panel is called The State of the Black Female Entrepreneur. All right, who's ready for this panel? Who wants to talk about the state of black female entrepreneurship? All right. So I'm going to bring to the stage an amazing woman. I had a chance to, to spend some time with her backstage. Incredibly uh, intelligent, brilliant woman that we have at Essence. She, she actually works for Essence Magazine. She is the Essence Magazine Money and Career Senior Editor. She works across the Essence print, digital, and live event platforms to facilitate content that keeps black women in the know about all things career advancement, entrepreneurship, financial management, and more. She is also host of the Essence Unbossed podcast. I'm going to bring to the stage the amazing Marquita Harris. Give her a round of applause as she comes. Thank and you, she girl. looks amazing. Well, all right. So I'm excited. You guys excited? I know it's right before lunch, so let's keep this energy up. Are y'all excited yeah. for fast? Yes. So I'm, I'm going to bring out a few women who are so inspiring and so motivating, and I, you might be familiar with some of them. But to start, I have Melissa Butler, founder of The Lip Bar. Come on out, Melissa. <laughs> And next up, I have Pinky Cole. Pinky is a culinary revolutionary, and she is a founder of Slutty Vegan. Come on, Pinky. <laughs> and next, I have Muka Elkzitani, and she is the founder of Natural Club. Come on, where you at? Where you at, girl? <laughs> All right. Ladies, to start, we were talking about this backstage. I'm very big, both on the podcast and in life in general, with black women boosting themselves up and talking about their receipts. So, that said, tell me a few receipts, ladies. Tell everybody out here a few receipts. Sure. <laughs> Hello. <start>? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, everyone. I'm Mocha. Um, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and I tripled major there um, just because I was just so interested in learning. And just, you know, I just wanted to learn about people. Um, and then after college, I decided to just make my own hair products because I was so frustrated at current hair products in, um, in stores. And I would just go in my kitchen, and I would put fruits and vegetables and and fresh products in my hair, um, and it worked so well. The videos are bomb. I remember looking at them. <laughs> yeah. So then I started um, a YouTube channel, and I found that people just wanted the product. They were like, why do I have to sit here and make it? It's time-consuming, inconvenient, and messy. And I just launched a crowdfunding campaign just to see, like, if people would want something. And in 30 days, we sold about $10,000 worth of product that Ooh. didn't exist. People just wanted something fresher, and but they were okay with having their products in the fridge. And fast forward um, till today, I quit my job, I started this business, and now we're a 50-person company um, pumping out millions of hair products Come a on, year. receipts. Yes. Come on, receipts. In um, just three years now. So <laughs> hopefully this year, upcoming, we're going international, um, so it's really exciting to bring hair products in the fridge and be on the forefront of that. Yes. 
All right, Pinky. Well, hello, everybody. How y'all doing? <laughs> Can y'all hear me? Yes. And I'm, I'm many... sorry, we're going to be talking about food for a minute before lunch, so. Yes. <laughs> how many people know that God is good? <laughs> but how many know that God is better than good? Yes. So I'm a walking testimony. So I know we're going to talk about receipts, but I got to give y'all my testimony yes. real quick. <laughs> so... In 2014, I had a Jamaican restaurant in Harlem. It was called Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant. Um, and that business did so well that I opened up a second location. It was called Pinky's Juice Bar. Um, one day, I got a phone call saying that I had an electrical fire. So somebody like me, everything that I've ever touched in my life always used to turn to gold, right? So I was Miss Clark Atlanta University. I'm a Delta. Receipts. I did everything, Receipts. right? So <laughs> literally, to be able to lose something physical... Like, it was a shot to my ego, right? But that was the most humbling experience that I've ever had to receive because what that did to me is it helped me to build character, it helped me to build integrity, and it allowed me to create the building blocks that I need to create a multi-million dollar company, right? So I was a casting director for Yanla Fix My Life. Are y'all familiar with that show? Yes. So after my business burned down, I moved to Los Angeles, California, where I was working on the show, best show that I've ever worked on in my life. That show rerouted me to Atlanta, Georgia. I was sitting in the house one day, and I said, you know what? I'm ready. I didn't know what I was ready for. I just knew that I was running every day. I was working out every day. I was reading a book every day. But I knew that the universe had something so big for me, but I had to be ready. But I was ready. So one day I was sitting in the house, and it came to me like a light bulb. I was like, slutty vegan. And I knew that it was a great idea because I didn't want to share it with anybody. (laughs) So this is a part of the receipt. I wasn't thinking big enough, right? And I'm a big thinker, right? I'm a visionary. So the reason why I say that I wasn't thinking big enough is because what I thought was going to be a ghost restaurant turned into one of the biggest brands in the country as we speak. And I have over a thousand people who patronize my business every single day, all from an idea in a bedroom. So thus far in the last 10 months, I've been featured in the New York Times. I had a full feature in Essence Magazine. I've been featured in Forbes Magazine. (laughs) I'm at Essence Festival. Come on. (laughs) Um, I've been... um, having interest from so many major companies who want to be a part of my business. So I say all that to say it's bigger than just receipts. This is a part of my testimony that where you are right now is not where you have to stay because last year didn't look like this for me. And this year looks a whole lot different. And I say God is better than good because I wouldn't be sitting here had it not been for the trials and tribulations that I've been through in the last 10 months. Well, well, yes, yes. And Ms. Melissa? I am Melissa Butler, the founder and CEO of The Lip Bar. The Lip Bar is a vegan and cruelty-free cosmetic company that I thought up working in my kitchen. Like, I was working on Wall Street. A lot of people assume that if you have a makeup company that you are truly passionate about makeup, and that has never been my story, and it is still not my truth today. I am not passionate about makeup, but I am passionate about changing the way we all think about makeup and making sure that everyone in this room, everyone here in this city, everyone woman in the world knows that when she looks in the mirror, that she is good enough. So I started the company because I was incredibly frustrated with the beauty industry, its lack of diversity, its excessive amounts of chemicals, and just this idea that beauty looked like a certain thing. And I was like, F that. 
I'm going to change that. So instead of complaining about it, I figured that I could create the solution. And for me, the lip bar is that. So I always tell people the lip bar is here to change the way we think about beauty by increasing the representation, by creating really high quality cosmetics, and also by making these products that are going to be affordable. When you think about something that is vegan or cruelty-free or typically has any claims, it's at a very high price point. So I felt like the food, the, the beauty industry was quickly following the food industry that, and that if you wanted something that would be good for you, you would have to spend a lot of money on it. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the inequity of that. So started the company seven years ago making lipstick in my kitchen. Today we're in over 450 Target stores. <laughs> Receipts. <laughs> we we ten x our growth in a matter yeah. of seven months. Um, so yeah, it's just been an incredible journey. Like you, my my Essence Festival this year looks completely different from my Essence Festival last year, where I was begging for a booth, trying to figure out how do I get a booth in the convention center, and now I have three. So, okay. <laughs> and and you said this earlier. You're so busy, you haven't even be, been able to. Check out these booths. Yeah, so. I haven't even been to the booths, y'all. <laughs> but everybody else, if you haven't, check out these booths, please. So, ladies, um, something I want to know more about is mentorship. Have you had mentors? Have you been a mentor? And how has that helped you, you know, along your entrepreneurial journey? Anyone wants to I'll, I'll take it quickly, and I, I know I'm going to try to move through this fast. So <laughs> I have mentors now. Um, I am very grateful for Richard Lou Dennis, the owner of Essence Ventures. Um, he has been my mentor. He is now my investor. But even before Rich was within reach, I made mentors in my mind. I found people who I didn't necessarily have access to, and I studied the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. I read their books. I listened to their, in, their interviews. I literally reached for the sky to find the knowledge that I needed because a lot of times in our community, we don't have access to capital. We don't have access to the exposure. And if you don't have it, that's fine. You just got to do a little bit more work to get there. So I'm just telling you, you can have everything that you want if you're willing to work for it. Yeah. I'd like to piggyback on that. Um, it's true. We talked about this backstage. Like, if you don't have access to a mentor, you got access to YouTube University and Google <laughs> University, <laughs> okay? Right. So, so fortunately, my mentors are actually in the back. They're also my management team. But um, Google, and universe, Google and YouTube University are my friends, <laughs> literally. A lot of what I learned about business, entrepreneurship, the television industry, I learned from the internet, right? So the day and age that we live in, you literally have access to anything that you want. You can be any and everything that you want to be, and it doesn't have to come from the physical source of a person, right? Luckily, I have those affiliations where I'm surrounded by the right people, but definitely you can use those resources to be able to learn whatever you want to learn so that you can get to where you need to go. And to add to that, because I definitely Google everything myself, too, um, I think it's very important for us now to pay it forward. So just in the back, Pinky was explaining her story, and I wanted to record that to, to show everyone, like, be inspired by her testimony. And I think it's all up to us to to share information and become mentors for each other. Because whatever you're doing right now, someone's looking up to that, and you need to share that with them. So Wonderful. So I have a question for the audience, actually. Um, how many women out here are entrepreneurs? Yes. Okay, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> now, how many women out here are thinking about pursuing? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, wonderful. So what I want to know, for these women out here, 
who are budding entrepreneurs and maybe who are in the beginning stages of their journey, what advice do you have for them? Start now. <laughs> Literally start now. I think for me, like I was making my products in the kitchen. I wanted to put it out there, but like mentally I wasn't there yet. Right. So I was just like, you know, no one's going to like this, whatever, doubting yourself or like, it's not perfect yet. My packaging is perfect. Like, this isn't perfect. Things will never be perfect if you don't put it out there and your customers give you feedback. So you just need to start there, get that one person, pick their brains about everything. What did you like? What did you, what didn't you like? And learn from them. Biggest advice, start, never a better moment. Um, I would say, um, you know, I was telling them backstage when I first started Study Vegan, um, a really good friend of mine told me that my business was too black. Like, it's not going to do well. It's too black. Mm. Like, it's so many black people on your page. Literally, this is somebody who is African-American. And he told me that my page was so black and nobody was going to support it because I needed to put more diversity on the page. Right. But I looked him in the eye and I told him, I said, you don't see my vision. I said, but because I'm making my business so black, unapologetically black, that is what's going to make it successful. Absolutely. Right. So 10 yes. months later, he's asking me to be an investor in my business. <laughs> the same person that said not to have so many black people on my page. Yes. I say all that to say, if you are an entrepreneur, you got to learn how to block out the noise. Okay. What your vision is may not be somebody else's vision and they might not be able to see what you see. So many people told me slutty vegan, the name is so provocative. Don't do it. And if I would have followed them, I wouldn't be here ha having this conversation with you today. So you got to be able to block out the noise and you got to be able to follow your gut. It's something in your belly that leaps, right? You ever had that idea and you know you got to do it because it stresses you out. I know we've, we've all had jobs before, right? Yeah. You're working at a job and all you think about that thing that you do, right? And it stresses you out because you don't want to physically be here, but you're physically here, but mentally you're somewhere else. That's the thing that you need to do. But you need to make sure that you put your all in it, put all of your effort in it, block out the noise. And the noise can come from your friends. It can come from your mama. It can come from your daddy. <laughs> it can come from your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It can come from the people that are even closest to you, but you got to really follow your heart because if you believe in yourself, nothing else matters. And to add to that, there's something that I always say. Those who take chances make advances. One thing about me, if I got $100, I'm going to bet $100 on myself. Because at the end of the day, I know that if I don't do anything else, I believe in me. And as long as I believe in me, everything that I want, the universe will supply and align it in my favor. So that's what I would say. Well, yes. Yes. but can we... Can can we re I just want to like say that again those who don't take chances those who take, who chances, take chances make advances make advance. and I'd rather try and fail than not try at all is somebody okay. writing yes. writing notes for me so <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it while I'm yes. sitting up here <laughs> um first of all I love that yes. I love that I just got a whole little word on on this here <laughs> stage um but similarly I feel like the reality is look you would rather be willing to take the risk than the regret, because that's what it's going to be. Either you're going to take the risk or you're going to have a regret later on. Um, but I want to speak shortly and quickly to the, the entrepreneurs in the audience, because oftentimes I know that we don't have the access or even like we might not have a team. You might not have the money to pay a team or to get the expertise that you need. Um, and so I want to let you know how you can go out and get those resources from people like the women on these, this stage, from people you admire in your industry. Like you have to be ready to help them 
help you. So like, don't go to someone you admire and say, Hey, I'm starting a business. Like this is like, can you give me advice on this? Cause that's not helpful for them. And they don't even know where to start and they don't have the capacity to help you. But if you come to them with a direct question, Hey, how should I structure my cost of goods on my balance sheet? Hey, how should I, how should I think about freight on my balance sheet? Hey, where can I find a manufacturer? If you go to someone with direct questions, they will be more inclined to answer them because you're making it as easy as possible to get what you need. Don't come to them with some some very indirect question because they don't know how to help you and it shows that you don't necessarily have the vision that you need to execute. So number one, make sure that your vision is in alignment to actually get the help that you need to excel in your career. Um, Secondly, if you want to start a business for the people who haven't started just yet, make sure that you are really in line with your why. Like have a purpose for your business. A lot of people come up to me and say, Melissa, I want to start an eyelash company because I love eyelashes. Well, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not good enough. Like, what is the real problem that you're solving? What is the true white space that is not being filled within your market? Because when you find that white space, like, that's when you found your gold mine. And I'm not saying you can't go into saturated markets because, like, I have a makeup company. We all know that makeup is extremely saturated. But I don't believe in saturation. I believe in segmentation. So what that means is that you have to carve out your lane, figure out where there is white space in your market, and go after it with all of your might and like don't don't waver like don't follow the competition and say oh they created this last month I need to do it now no be in alignment with your vision understand what your lane is and kill that shit so something I think we don't talk enough about are numbers money the stats Um, what it takes to really secure capital. And can you guys briefly kind of walk everyone through here? Like, how did you raise the money? Did you have money saved? Did you, like, what's up? (laughs) So I saved maybe $40,000 from working on Wall Street to start my business. That looked like a lot of sacrifice. It looked like I couldn't shop the Zara sale. It looked like I couldn't do brunch every Saturday. So I saved money to start my business. That money ran out very quickly. I quit my job before I could even replace my salary with the lip bar because that's how, how firmly I believed in my company. Again, I would rather take the risk than have the regret. And so... I ran out of money. I I got really creative. Me and my roommate, we started Airbnb in her room. She moved into my room. So again, a lot of sacrifice until I actually made it work. Now, raising money is hard as hell. So meanwhile, I have a deal with Target and I couldn't get an investment. I'm pitching 100 VCs. I'm like, I have paperwork saying Target wants to buy all of these units. And they're like, oh, you're such an impressive entrepreneur. But nah, I'm a pass. Mm. And so what I learned was that I was talking to the wrong audience. And like, you can't get caught up in those no's. You can't get caught up in those failures. You just got to be caught up in your vision and know that you can make it work. So just keep going. If you fall 100 times, cool, do it again. And so, like, that's how you have to think about fundraising. And then also in terms of, like, venture capital dollars, like, you might not need VC money. You might just want to raise with family and friends. You might want to, like, put the word out. You might want to do a a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign. So you can get really creative, but just understand, like, the value that you're bringing the table and, like, understand that all relationships have to be mutually beneficial. I would totally agree with that. That uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, girl, that's it. Uh, 
Um, it's, my experience is a bit different. So I started Slutty Vegan with $4,000. Wow. Um, because it was only a ghost kitchen at first. $4,000, that was my permits. That was getting enough food. And that was making sure that, like, I was official on paper. Um, and, you know, there's some entrepreneurs that are out here that don't necessarily need startup money. Instagram is free. Facebook is free. Twitter is free. So for me, I, people are paying for an experience. So we sell them an experience. So fortunately, up until this point, I haven't had to get any investors. I'm going to acquire them, get investors, but I haven't had to because what we're doing is we're selling information, right? Eating burgers is just a cherry on top. We're selling people an experience. And if you know how to sell yourself, you technically don't need money to start. So just use all these free platforms you YouTube. If you're selling information, a lot of these YouTube stars, they just sell info and they make money from doing it. So I would suggest before you get any capital or anything like that, you can really start your business without a dollar. Yeah. For me, I saved $18,000 and that also ran up like really quickly. And so the sacrifice I had to make was I had to move in with my parents, you know, after college, moving in, saving money. Um, and then going through the process of trying to fundraise. At first, I thought I was ready, um, but I didn't have all of my numbers together. Or like, you know, for black women, like you need your numbers together. Yeah. Some of these other people could, could come in with an idea and get funded, but we need all everything in <laughs> line, you know? And even that, yeah. like she said, with the Target deal, like sometimes you don't get it. Um, so for me, I just had to be very creative. So I knew I wanted rich as an investor. And so I literally emailed everyone. I probably emailed you too, that he funded, right? I was just like, Hey, like, I like, could you give me an intro? Um, and then eventually I got to Daryl who is Rich's right-hand man. And I just emailed him saying like, Oh, I heard you're at this conference. Like I'm going to be there too. Like, do you have 15 minutes? And he said, yes. And I was like, crap, I'm not going to be at this conference. I booked a ticket from Philadelphia to California <laughs> okay. for okay. the next day. Booked that, like, you know, just, just trying to get in that space, like taking chances, you know. And that 15-minute conversation turned into an hour and a half. Then he was like, you need to meet Rich tomorrow in New York. Okay. So I flew back to New York, met with Rich. And after just one conversation, he was like, he didn't need to see all the numbers, like at not every little detail, but he saw that vision. And today he funded us over $5 million dollars um for natural Hall club so yeah. it's been a journey definitely a journey but definitely take those chances um and talk to me too like you guys can come up to us at the end um and just talk to us about funding as well so i have like obviously like 20 more questions i want to ask but i know y'all are hungry and i think i kind of have to wrap up in a minute but there's one woman in the back with her hand that came up and I wasn't going to ask an audience question. Can we ask an audience Do we have time? Do we have time, guys? We good? Okay. Okay, ask aloud. My, with the JCA Scholarship Foundation and we're from Baltimore, Maryland. Hey, Baltimore. Yeah, come on, Baltimore. Hi. <laughs> and my sister, Gay Weldon Barnes, she's the founder. My daughter, Alexandria Brown, she's the co-founder and I'm the operations manager. That's the title she gave me. <laughs> but... <laughs> I would like to know, A and I, we are women of a certain age. Mm -hmm. Alexandria is our millennial. How do you close the gap? Because I'm quite sure your investors are men or women of a certain age, and you are young women. And sometimes we may disagree. Stand up, my sweet pea. We may disagree, <laughs> but how do you close the gap in coming to one um, decision sometime? Who's your audience? Our audience are youth, 
millennials, and of course, men and women of a certain age, because that's who we are looking for as our investors. And with our millennials, we look for them as volunteers and sometimes investors as well. Okay, so you guys give out scholarships. Yes, we just awarded out two scholarships mm-hmm. this year. Yay. Okay. So I think that I think that because you have so much diversity here yes. with the, the age range, there's a, a lot of things that you could do. It's a nonprofit organization. Yes, it is. Okay, so what you could do is, and this is just from a business perspective, let okay. your daughter be the face of the business, and you guys are the infrastructure. So what that does is, for somebody who is her age, she's recognizable. They can identify with her and will be more prone to be interested in the business because they see someone that looks like her. That's her same age, same interests, things that she likes. And then you guys are the skeletons behind it. So you keep the bones in place. You keep everything in place. And then you can come together that way because you know your lane and she know her lane. So she don't step (laughs) over your lane because what you guys do is you make sure that that infrastructure piece is there and she's the spokesperson of the business because that's going to bring the young people in to be the volunteers. It's going to bring the young people in to come to the scholarship balls and the banquets that you guys have, but you guys make sure that the infrastructure and paperwork is right because, to be honest, that's the most important piece of the puzzle. Forget what what you see on the outside. What's on the inside means the most. It doesn't matter, for instance, Slutty Vegan, we're selling burgers if the numbers ain't right, if the systems and the processes are not in place. Mm. So y'all are the systems and y'all are the processes. Let her be the face, and then y'all can come together and marry that. All right. You sound like her. All right. <laughs> she's not standing. I told her to stand. She's not standing. <laughs> what you guys will really need to do is have a level of mutual respect for the lanes. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you will have to trust that she knows what she's doing with the volunteers and trust her feedback and her advice in that lane. And you'll yes. also have to understand that they know what to do operationally. Like you guys will have to understand that you that that line can't really be crossed mm-hmm. and have a true understanding. Otherwise, you guys will always be fighting over what decisions need to be made. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Because I do like to talk to the millennials and sometimes she'll tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Just one thing, just just one thing real quickly. Like I love that you came up there and you told your idea and now everyone in the room is can, can think for you. I think a lot of times just... Put, pose that question out there to the universe and you shall receive, you know? So thank you for that example. Thank I hope that question was answered. Yes. They, might, they might kick me out. I think we ought to wrap. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Yes. <laughs> Email me at unboss at essence.com. Tell me about a woman in your life who inspires you to be unbossed. Or if you don't want to email, comment on social media using the hashtag unbosspodcast. And please, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Say nice things. Say constructive things, please. Okay. See you guys later.